The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. And that we're going to look at the first nine verses and that we're going to look and, and find God with us here uh, in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter number one and uh, verse number one. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, grab somebody else's Bible and, and uh, steal it from them and then uh, they'll have to find it again. All right. Uh, chapter one, verse number one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I want you to read that last phrase with me, verse number five. I will not fail thee. Read that with me. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse six, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, and thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous." And then thou shalt have good success. Read verse 9 with me, would you? Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Uh, There's been times in my life, and I'm sure times in your life, where I've struggled with doing what God has told me to do. Anybody ever struggle with being obedient to the Lord? And uh, there's been times where I've struggled with those things. And uh, there's, uh, there was a time where I struggled in, in ministry with what God wanted me to do. And I really uh, had, was doing good things and, and wanting to do what God wanted me to do. And um, didn't want to leave where I was to go where God wanted me to. And there's times like that where we find in our lives it's difficult to do what God says. But the truth of the matter is, if we could have life apart from Christ, He would never have to come to walk among us to be born of a virgin and to die for us. If we could do it without him, why would he have had to come to be with us? If we could do it without him, why would he left the presence of his spirit with us? He left his presence with us because we can't do it without him. And what a great promise here to Joshua. He said, I'll be with you whithersoever thou goest. I want to preach to you this morning, God with us wherever. God with us wherever. Father, I pray that you bless as we look to your word, and I pray that you'd use the word of God this morning to stir our hearts. God, I'm thankful that we have the word of God. I'm thankful the church, it's not a place where those that are well just come. It's a hospital. It's a place where we come, and 
Lord, you minister to us through your word. God, it's a place where we come to serve. It's a a place that we come, we bring our families, not to get what we think is best for us, but, Lord, uh, to give what we have to the church. And, Lord, to give of ourselves in service to others. Lord, I pray that we would consider one another, provoke one another to love and good works, and by the word of God, be stirred up to do more. I pray that you help us to understand we can do it because you're with us. And I pray that you use the word of God to save the sinner, to stir the saved, and that, Lord, to keep us from growing complacent in our Christian life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. may be uh, seated. If we could make it on our own, he wouldn't be ever living to make intercession for us. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews 7.25. And I want you to look at this passage of Scripture here, and we're going to kind of stay right here in the text. I've got some other verses, but I'm going to kind of look at this, and I want you to understand the situation. Joshua was the chosen leader. He was the chosen leader there in Israel. God chose him. God uh, said, I'm going to use you, and I want you to lead the nation of Israel. Now think about this. Moses had preceded him. Moses was before him, and Moses was a great leader, renowned leader. People had looked to Moses. Boy, what a leader Moses was. And they looked at Moses, and and, uh, Moses was a great example to them. But we understand that the Bible tells us here that Moses was dead. And uh, God was raising up leadership in the life of Joshua. God was telling Joshua, you have got to step into this position. Moses is dead, but I've got a position for you to fill. And Joshua, I've got you, I've chosen you to be the next leader over Israel. We see it was a hefty responsibility. The position needed to be filled. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but as uh, I live this Christian life, I understand it comes with hefty responsibility. I've got to do something that I cannot do apart from, my, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I need Him. I need Him to be with me. It's a hefty responsibility. Uh, number two, it was a hard request. It was a hard request. Lead Israel, cross the Jordan River, conquer Canaan, inhabit the land. I mean, think about that. Could you imagine having to do that? I mean, he said, okay, you're going to take Israel. And by the way, uh, think about this. We're not talking about just a couple hundred people here. We're not talking about a small crowd of people. We're talking about thousands of people. Moses uh, had led them in the wilderness, and Joshua now was being chosen to lead them into the land, the promised land of Canaan. And God said for him to do what Moses didn't do. Moses failed to do, by the way. Moses failed to bring the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. And Joshua here, he, he comes in, and he's got to do this thing. I mean, this hard thing. Crossing the Jordan was a hard first step, wasn't it? But you remember God was with him because he told him to take the priests and have them carry the Ark of the Covenant down him. And as they stepped into the water, as God was with Moses at the Red Sea, so he was with Joshua there at the Jordan River. The Bible says the waters parted and they walked across on dry ground. And God showed that he was with them. You understand, it's a hard request. Cross Jordan and then, get this, conquer the people that are in the land. If you remember, Joshua was one of the spies that went. There was 12. Two brought back a good report. Joshua and who else? Caleb. They brought back that good report. 
And uh, the other, uh, uh, other spies said, there's giants in the land. It's too hard for us to go in. I mean, this is too difficult a task. It was a hard request for even those 10 spies to swallow. And Joshua said, no, 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 we can go in. God is with us. He's promised to be with us. We can do this. And uh, by faith, uh, because of his faith, God blessed Joshua, allowed him to go in where those others didn't get to go in. And Joshua would go in, but they weren't just going to get to have the land. They were going to have to take that first task. of. Remember, the first city they came to was Jericho, wasn't it? Boys, just look up here, pay attention. The first city was Jericho. And Jericho was a walled city. And they had to walk in and uh, they had to do what God said do. I mean, the thing that makes the most sense, right? Just walk around the walls and then they'll fall down. Because we would have all done that and been compliant and not analyzed the situation and said, this is not going to work. Come on. Could you imagine the spiritual leader in the sense of uh, the church as the pastor, if I was to come in and say, we're going to do something and it didn't make sense to you? And you say, well, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't really want to do that. Those people had to do what didn't make sense to them because they were called to follow that leadership. And they were doing that by faith, by the way. They're walking around the walls, trusting that it was God. By the way, the angel didn't appear to all the people. He appeared to Joshua. And he told Joshua, he told the leader what what was going to happen, what they were to do. It was a hard request. And I believe after the hefty responsibility was revealed in a hard request, I believe came an honest response. I mean, think about it. How would you have responded? (laughs) Joshua's just a man, you know that. I mean, uh, the Bible says twice, be strong and of good courage. Why do you think that God said that to Joshua? Because he was afraid. I mean, the honest response is fear. The honest response is, it's implied by the command to be strong and have a good courage. I mean, I believe he was fearful. He lacked courage. He acknowledged his inability. I mean, he looked at the situation and said, Boy, I can't do this. I'm not able to do this on my own. There's no way, God, that... I mean, I've got big shoes to fill in Moses. I mean, what a great leader he was and all the miracles that God used him uh, to, to do in the, in the life of the children of Israel. And how God blessed them. And Moses met with God on the mountain and the Ten Commandments were given. And what a joy uh, to see the tabernacle and, and the glory of God filling that. And what a joy to know that God was with Moses because uh, how did he show his... The fact that he was with them by the pillar of cloud by day. Didn't God show his presence to the children of Israel? He said, I'll be with you. And by the pillar of cloud by day, he showed his presence. And by the fire by night, he showed his presence. And God said he would be with Moses. And get this, Joshua, I'll be with you. Just like I was with Moses, I will be with you. He promised. But I believe there was an honest response here. I believe he had fear. I believe he... He, he was afraid, and God said, Hey, Joshua, be strong and, and have courage and understand something. It was a heavy requirement, wasn't it? Number four, be strong and have a good courage. Isn't it, um, you know, if you're afraid, someone coming to you and saying, Well, stop being scared, doesn't necessarily uh, evoke great courage. It doesn't necessarily bring about, you know, the opposite response of fear is, courage and strength, and that doesn't necessarily happen. We understand that, you know, this was more than a locker room speech from a coach. It wasn't just saying, hey, man up, you know, just do the job I've called you to do. No, 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 that's not what it was about. 
It was a heavy requirement that he was going to have to uh, lead the children of Israel. It was a heavy requirement that he was going to have to be strong and of good courage. And not only was he supposed to be strong and of good courage, but the Bible says that he was supposed to keep the word of God. He said, have I not commanded thee? He said, you've got to keep the, meditate on the law of the Lord and the word of God. And you've got to meditate in it. And you'll have good success if you stay obedient to the word of God. That's what Joshua's promised. What a heavy requirement. Be strong and have courage and obey God's word. And boy, I, I think Christians even today are fearful when they see the same command in Scripture. Be strong and have good courage and obey the word of God. Well, it's not, you know, Christian life can't be that easy. You're right, it's not easy to do those things. It's a heavy requirement to be strong and have good courage. But then I see here in the Scriptures a huge revelation. A huge revelation. And what is that revelation? This is what takes it from locker room speech by the coach into reality. God says you're not going to be strong and have good courage and keep the word of God because you can do it. You're going to do that because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. You imagine sometimes in the Christian life we look at this and we say, boy, I just can't do this. I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I, I mean, I just can't obey this area of the Word of God. I I can't do what the Word of God says. I mean, this is just too hard for me. And God says, I am with you. I'm with you. That's why you can do it. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, he promised. I am with you. You know, I think sometimes maybe I was speaking with folks and different problems. People have physical ailments today. People have emotional problems. People have real problems and I'm reminded that church is kind of like a hospital. It's come where we get, get fixed up a little bit. Come to get encouraged and fellowship and hear the word of God. But can I help you a little bit this morning from the word of God? That's what I want to do. Maybe whatever it is that you're struggling with in obedience to God, the fact is, is you're not recognizing the fact that you can't do it, but you can do it because he's with you. Maybe you're just afraid. I think what really keeps a lot of Christians from obeying the word of God is just fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid what others might think about me. I'm afraid of how uh, people in my life might respond to me. I'm, I mean, I was saved recently, and, you know, uh, I've got uh, uh, unsaved friends and old friends, and people may not understand me having this, uh, this dedication and, and commitment to obeying the Word of God. It's a different life. Absolutely, the Christian life is a different life. And there's some fear that comes in, isn't it? I'm afraid to do this. I'm afraid to be obedient to God. I'm afraid to to, to be strong and have courage. And by the way, how can I be strong? I know I'm weak. But then we're reminded from the word of God that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And that's what God was telling Joshua. He's saying, hey, listen, Joshua, my strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness. You're not able. Remember Moses? Moses had a similar experience, did he not? I mean, Moses met God at that burning bush. And God showed up and he said, Moses, I want you to go into the land of Egypt and I want you to stand before the most powerful man perhaps that was in existence during his day, Pharaoh. And I want you to march in there and I want you to tell him to let the people of Israel go. And Moses said, what? I can't speak. I can't say that. I can't do that. I'm not able to do it. I mean, God, do you see 
where you're talking to me at right now, I mean, I've got a staff in my hand because I'm a shepherd. I'm not a politician, and I'm not able to do these things. By the way, God had equipped him, did he not? And God didn't require anything that he hadn't given him. He said, Moses, what's in your hand? God just wanted to use what he had. God wanted Moses to give everything that he had to him and let God take that and use that. And Moses learned to do that, didn't he? Because as he uh, led the people out uh, of uh, Egypt and they approached the Red Sea and the people began to murmur and complain for the first time, not being far out of Egypt, Moses, you've led us here to die. Moses, you've let... And boy, we understand the crowd's fickle. Even the people of God crowd. They're fickle. Sometimes they'll follow and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll complain about your leadership. And, and boy, you know, Moses, he's there and he said, what are you doing? Why have you done this? Why did you do this? Why did you lead us here to die? And God said, Moses, what's in your hand? Oh, there it is. Reach it forth. He stuck it out, and we know what happened. God parted the waters. Moses didn't do it. God did it, but God showed how he was with them. He showed how he was with Moses. Joshua, no doubt remembered when Moses took the rod that was in his hand, and he struck the rock, and water came out and supplied He no doubt remembered how God showed his presence in meeting their needs in the wilderness when they were hungry and they had nothing to eat and God sent happy meals from heaven, didn't he? And he he sent the manna from uh, heaven. He he gave them, uh, what is it, right? It had to be McDonald's because whenever I look at McDonald's, I say, what is it? That's the biblical context there, folks. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, we, we look and we say, what in the world is God doing sometimes? And we don't see his supply and we don't understand why he's commanding us to do what we're commanded to do. I mean, where in the Bible do you see someone that did great things for God that didn't come to a place where they had to just completely rely on God? They just had to put their faith in God, completely and totally put their faith in the Lord. Because without God... They could do nothing. Without the Lord, all Saint Saul was fear and inability, and I'm not able to do it. Hey, come on, maybe you're discouraged this morning in this Christian life. I don't know. I don't know your heart this morning, but I know sometimes we have this tendency of coming to church and pretending like everything's okay even when it's not. And I know we're just human beings, and maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with discouragement. Maybe you're struggling with depression. Maybe you're struggling with just something in your life right now. You're not sure. But you know what the Bible says, and you're struggling with being obedient to it. God's Word says this. You say, well, I don't see how this is going to work out. I mean, how does it work out that you walk in and put your ankles in the water, and all of a sudden the, the, the river parts? How do you work that out in your head? You don't. You just trust God and obey Him. That's what God was trying to show him. How do you work out in your head that you march around a walled city and the walls fall down? You don't work that out in your head. It doesn't make sense. And by the way, faith, life doesn't make sense, humanly speaking. It's, we walk by faith and not by sight, folks. You know, some people, they're trying to get their head wrapped around the Christian life. I need it to make sense to me. Can I share something with you? It's not going to. Oh, it makes sense in the end when we get to look back. And we really have that hindsight, and we see what God saw before we entered into the situation. We say, oh, that's what God was doing there. Oh, that makes sense now. Come on, it's the same ones of you that right now you're saying, oh, that's what my parents were trying to teach me. 
Oh, that's what, that's what they were. I, oh, I understand that now. We didn't when we were in it, did we? That makes no sense. Why do I have to do that? Question, question, question. But we see Joshua. Joshua says, I can't do this, God, without you. God says, don't worry. I'm with you. I am with you. You don't have to do this alone. The Christian life is not about being independent. It's about complete dependence on God. It's not about being independent. It's not about doing for yourself. It's not about having the power to get the life, your best life now, and what you want. That's not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about complete reliance and dependence on God who knows the end from the beginning, who has the power, who has the ability, who has the strength. You say, well, that means I can't trust myself. Well, how many times have you proven that to be true in your own life? Can't trust yourself? How many times have you failed? But the truth of the matter is, God has never failed. He has never let you down. He has never left you. He's never forsaken you. A hefty responsibility, a hard request, an honest response... A heavy requirement, a huge revelation. God with us. And that was for Joshua. But what about to us? Where's the application to me and you? Well, I see a hefty responsibility in the Word of God because pictorially in the Bible, symbolically in the Bible, we know what Moses represented. Moses represented the law. Moses represented the commandments. What did Joshua represent? Jesus Christ. His very name, Joshua, means salvation. What was God trying to say? Moses, my servant, is dead. What did he tell us in the book of Romans? What the law couldn't do, Jesus Christ did. What the law couldn't accomplish, Jesus Christ accomplished. Hey, what Moses couldn't accomplish, God was calling Joshua to accomplish. He was saying, hey, Joshua, salvation has come to Israel. Salvation has come. It's not going to be uh, uh, doing the law that's going to save. It's going to be an understanding that I am fulfilling all of the law. Hey, what did God do? How was Joshua like Christ? Well, his name's Joshua. Called in the New Testament the same name, Jesus. It was given by Moses. It means salvation. Joshua is short for Jehovah, his help. So Joshua in his name, but Joshua for a time was a servant of Moses. He was under Moses. He obeyed Moses. The Bible says he was a servant of him and did the will of Moses as a good servant. Christ our Lord for a time was made of a woman. He was made under the law. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He became obedient to, in all things as our representative. Christ was subject to the law, both moral and ceremonial. Uh, he was in order that he might impute unto his people a perfect standing before the law. Joshua was for a time to serve Moses. Joshua was the, the governor, overseer, and commander of Israel. He had complete power and authority from God. He led Israel to victory and possession of the land. You know, Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He has all authority in heaven and earth. He has all power over all flesh. And Jesus, Jesus is the Savior. He's the completer. Joshua led Israel into Canaan, not into the site of it, but actually into it. See, the law could only take us to the site of salvation, but could not lead us in. Jesus led us into. 
He effectually redeems all His people, will take them to glory. What the law could not do, being weak through the flesh, Christ our Joshua has done. Our inheritance is secured by and in Christ. Joshua led Israel into Canaan. Joshua was a mighty conqueror. He overcame and destroyed many kings and mighty men so that Israel could have peaceable possession of the land of Canaan. So our mighty conqueror, the Lord Jesus, overcame. He totally destroyed the mighty rulers and enemies of our souls. He defeated Satan, the king of evil. He conquered sin, which is like a tyrant. He rules over the sons of men. He conquered death, the king of terrors. Joshua was a mighty conqueror, but Jesus was greater. Jesus was a better and a more true Joshua. Joshua was a mighty conqueror. All of the good promises to Israel were fulfilled at the hands of Joshua. You know, uh, all the gracious promises of God to us are fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says what He has promised, He is able to perform in Romans 4.21. In Philippians 3.21, He is able to subdue all things unto Himself. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, He is able to keep that which He has committed unto Him. Hebrews 7.25, He is able to save to the uttermost them that come to God by Him. Jude 24 tells us He is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of His glory. See, all the promises to Israel were fulfilled under Joshua, and all the promises to us were fulfilled through Jesus Christ. You believe that this morning? I hope so. All the good promises were fulfilled. How about this? Joshua was faithful and merciful to save Rahab the harlot. See, what does that have to do with anything? Well, he saved her and her house that had the red cord hung out the window, did he not? So Christ is merciful and faithful to save all sinners who express faith in his blood. He said, hey, you can come. Come, you sinners, poor and needy, bruised and broken from the fall. Oh, what can he do? He can save. He is able. He is able to save us. I see uh, to us a, a hefty responsibility. We're dead in our trespasses and sins. Someone must pay the penalty and fill the position or will perish for all eternity. A responsibility. I mean, a hefty one. I see a hard request. Someone must pay the price. Someone must save. Someone must redeem. That's a hard request because I can't fulfill it. How about you? I can't do it. It's not by my works of righteousness. I see an honest response. It's implied by the command. Fear, lack of courage, acknowledgement of inability. You know what I have to come to the conclusion of? When I see my condition that I'm lost and I have the responsibility, you know what I have to come to the conclusion is I have to say, we're all gone out of the way. We're to together become unprofitable. There's none that do it good. No, not one. I can't do it. All my righteousness is filthy rags. You know, the wages of sin is death. I can't save myself. I can't redeem myself. And by the way, no keeping of any religious practices or laws can do it either. Can't do it. A heavy requirement. What's the requirement of sin? Death. Wages of sin is death. Death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. He that believeth not the Son of God shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. It's a hefty and huge and heavy requirement on those that are in sin. But then I see a huge revelation. 
But God commended his love toward us in that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad for the revelation of Jesus Christ? Aren't you glad that he came? Listen, when the angel spoke those words, and he shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, for his name shall be Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us, The Bible says he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The Bible says in Isaiah that he was despised and rejected of men. And by the way, he still is. People still despise him and reject him. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. All we like sheep are gone astray. Hey, we've turned away from him. But get this, he died for us. He was God with us. The Bible says in John, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was God with us, was he not? He came and he walked with us. And he died for us. And he rose for us. And he lives for us. And get this, he's still with us. Oh, he's not left us alone. He's with us today. Why can we sing? Why do we come into the church house today and rejoice? Because he's with us. Oh, he's not dead. He ever liveth, the Bible says. He's alive. He sat down because it was done. And by the way, he's still working in this world through his church. He's in us. What are we? We're Christians. If you trusted Christ as your Savior... Don't take that title lightly. That means I get to be a follower of Christ. I get to follow him. I get to be obedient to him. How can I do it? Because he's with me. Because he's with me. You know why you might be struggling today? Because maybe he's not with you because you've not yet received him. The truth of the matter is, is unless you've received Christ, but as many as have received him, unless you've received Christ, the Bible says you're going to perish. You're going to be cast into a dark eternity of death. Where, by the way, people experience death but never actually die. They just continually experience the pain of death. What a horrible place. But God didn't make that place for us. He prepared it for the devil and his angels. God says you don't have to have part with them. You can receive Jesus Christ. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How can they call on him of whom they have not heard? How can they believe on him of whom they have not heard? You know why we preach Jesus? Because the Bible tells us to. That's what we're here for. To preach the fact that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Preaching the gospel message this morning. Why? Because I want you to understand that you're not alone that Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's simple, that's plain. It's as plain as it gets. And people want to complicate that, but it's the truth. It's simple. God sent his not, not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Why did God send to complete his will? that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, Jesus fulfilled all the law, and he conquered it all, and he made a way of salvation for all. For all. 
That's you, that's me. Well, you know what? We understand that not all receive him. We understand that the Bible tells us that some are going to reject him. But you know what I like to believe? You have a responsibility with what you hear today. If you have not yet received him, you know you can. The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know what you need to do? If you have not yet received him, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Say, I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. God with us. Jesus is God. He was God in the flesh, born of a virgin, sinlessly perfect. I believe what the Bible says about him. I believe. Not that Jesus was just good. Not that he was just a religious leader. Not that just he's somebody that we talk about. But I believe that he is God. I believe that. You can confess that to him today. Believe in your heart. Get this. That not only did he come and die, but because he was God, he rose. And he's alive. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And you know what? In believing in the fact that he rose, one day the Bible says you'll rise. You'll have part with him in the resurrection. I'm thankful today that I can have this life, and it can be a life, an abundant life of victory, not because I'm good, not because I'm great. Quite the contrary. I'm nothing, but because I have Jesus. I have life because I have Jesus. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Do you have the Son of God today? I understand that it may be a hard request. I may understand it may be a heavy responsibility. But get this. Just like he didn't leave Joshua to fill those heavy, hard requests on his own, he has not left us alone either to fulfill them either. He has given us the answer, the very presence of Jesus Christ. His presence is with us. By the way, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about the fact that he came and he lived and walked among us. His presence was, was with us and still is with us, church. He's still with us. And by the way, we're supposed to celebrate Christmas every day. Every day. We're supposed to celebrate Easter every day. We celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday we come together as a church, and you celebrate it every day in your Christian life. It's about Jesus. It's all about Him. With head bowed and eyes closed. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.